welcome to day 242 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2. We've been in a remarkable um, group of passages from Isaiah. Of course, the entire book is uh, quite a remarkable work of uh, Hebrew poetry, quite a remarkable work of ancient literature, but more than that, it is uh, the Spirit of God speaking through Isaiah. Uh, to reveal the heart of God and to reveal the Redeemer of God and to reveal what He has in store for all of us. So we come uh, to Isaiah 44 uh, this week. Uh, before we do, um, let's pause and offer ourselves in this moment uh, to the Lord. Matt, do you mind leading us? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for Isaiah. We thank you for the journey we've been on this week and, and the reminder that you are the God who has created all things, the one who rules and reigns, the one who is sovereign and, and the one who makes all things right. Uh, Father, we thank you for the servant. We thank you for Christ Jesus and who has come and who has set all things right. Father, we look forward to the day where that will um, be finally and, and fully fulfilled. Um, and. And as we live in the tension of the already not yet um, here in this place, Father, would you continue to to keep us, um, to give us a, a great vision of who you are as you continue to work in us. And, and Father, would you, as you're so faithful, as you so faithfully do, would you reorient us back to you, Father? We confess that our hearts gravitate towards um, towards idols, towards mm-hmm. other things. Um, and so would you turn us back to you today? Would we be your people? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 44. But now listen, Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you. Do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I'll pour water on a thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I'll pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They'll spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. Some will say, I belong to the Lord. Others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. Still others will write on their hand, the Lord's, and will take the name of Israel. And this is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God who then is like me. Let them proclaim it. Let him declare and lay it out before me what has happened since I established my ancient people and what is yet to come. Yes, let them foretell what will come. Do not tremble, do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You are my witness. Is there any God beside me? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. All who make idols are nothing. The things they treasure are worthless. Those who would speak up for them are blind. They are ignorant to their own shame. Who shapes a god and casts an idol, which can profit nothing? People who do that will be put to shame. Such craftsmen are only human beings. Let them all come together and take their stand. They'll be brought down to terror and shame. The blacksmith takes a tool and works with it in the coals. He shapes an idol with hammers and forges it with the might of his arm. He gets hungry and loses his strength. He drinks no water and grows faint. The carpenter measures with a line and makes an outline with a marker. He roughs it out with chisels and marks it with a compass. He shapes it in human form, human form in all of its glory, that it may dwell in a shrine. He cuts down cedars or perhaps a cypress or an oak. He let it grow among the trees of the forest or planted a pine, and rain made it grow. It is used for fuel for burning. Some of it it he takes and warms himself. He kindles a fire and he breaks his bread. 
He also fashions a god to worship it. He makes an idol and bows down to it. Half of the wood he burns in the fire. Over it he prepares his meal. He roasts his meat and eats his fill. He also warms himself and says, Ah, I'm warm. I see the fire. From the rest he makes a god, his idol. He bows down to it and worships. He prays to it and says, Save me, you are my god. They know nothing, they understand nothing, their eyes are plastered over so they cannot see, and their minds are closed so they cannot understand. No one stops to think. No one has knowledge or understanding to say. Half of it I use for fuel. I even bake bread over its coals. I roasted meat and I ate it. Shall I make a detestable thing from what is left? Shall I bow down to a block of wood? Such a person feeds on ashes. A deluded heart misleads him. He cannot save himself or say, Is not this thing in my right hand a lie? Remember these things, Jacob, for you, Israel, are my servant. I have made you. You are my servant, Israel. I will not forget you. I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Sing for joy, you heavens, for the Lord has done this. Shout aloud, you earth beneath. Burst into song, you mountains, you forests, and all your trees. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob. He displays his glory in Israel. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer who forms you in the womb. I am the Lord, the maker of all things, who stretch out the heavens, who spreads the earth by myself, who foils the signs of false prophets and makes fools of the diviners, who overthrows the learning of the wise and turns it into nonsense, who carries out the words of his servants and fulfills the predictions of his messengers, who say of Jerusalem, it shall be inhabited of the towns of Judah, they shall be rebuilt, of their ruins I will restore them. Who says to the watery deep, be dry, and I will dry up your streams. Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and will accomplish all that I please. He will say of Jerusalem, let it be rebuilt, and of the temple, let its foundations be laid. <clears throat> kind of a shocking turn there at the very end. Uh, we're a couple hundred years ahead of the time of Cyrus, and yet we, uh, we have mention of, of Cyrus and what he uh, will do to restore Israel. So you have this promises of restoration, and of course you have again you have uh, you have the servant which is Israel, which is being restored. But you also have a servant uh, which is Cyrus, which God will use in His hand to accomplish His purposes, even though He does not name the name of the Lord. And there's an irony there. Yeah. Uh, those who know Him do not pursue or accomplish His purposes. Those who do not know Him, He uses toward His own ends to accomplish His purposes. He is a God who is sovereign in all things and directs all things according to the plan of His will. What an irony in this text, too. You get twice, you know, kind of the beginning of the chapter and end of the chapter, the Lord saying, this is what the Lord says, I'm the one who formed you in the womb. You know, before you were ever, you know, living and, and capable of forming other things, I'm the one that formed you. And then you get, what do we do? We, we turn away from the Lord towards idols, things that we form with our hands. Mm-hmm. You know, so just this kind of great contrast with the Lord mm-hmm. forming us, and then we choose to form other things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think about this often, just how often the Bible speaks against idolatry, you know, and yet mm-hmm. I live as if I really don't have any other idols, and yet this seems to be kind of the most common instruction is mm-hmm. God's people continually forsake him and run after idols. And you even get John's statement as he closes his letter, to first John, yeah, he says, you know, little children, keep, keep yourself, yourself from, from idols. idols. Mm-hmm. You know, and just this is the instruction that I mean, my heart needs is I'm reminding myself the the Lord is mm-hmm. is far better, far greater than anything I form or fashion with my hands. And it's not just the things a block of wood that I form, but mm-hmm. those things that my heart go after. You know, and and yet it's the Lord who formed me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
No, you have you do have a beginning and ending with what he forms, and in the middle you have what we form. And there's a really nice move from ancient idols to modern idols in verse nine. Uh, all who make idols are nothing. All the things they treasure, mm-hmm. and, and that's what we're talking about when we talk about idols. Mm-hmm. Not you know, not that we've taken a block of wood and we've uh, done the chalk outline and we've hewn it with the chisels and we've set it up and made offerings to it. But but, but we have something made of metal, something made of leather, <laughs> something plastic, made of yeah, plastic or something like that that we we judge. It's just our life, and it, we mm-hmm. put so much esteem in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our identity is tied up in the things that we have and the things that we've accomplished. And all of those are the feeble works of our hands as opposed to mm-hmm. uh, the far greater works of his hand. You know, when I think about that, you know, um, people think, oh, I don't make these idols. But yet, in 18, it kind of describes who we are. Um, they know nothing. They understand nothing. Their eyes are plastered over so they cannot see, and their minds are closed so they cannot understand. And, you know, we've been reading through um, Paul Tripp's theology book, and one thing he says that has stayed with me is the problem with spiritual blindness is spiritual blindness. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I understand. I mean, that is so humbling. You can't see what to, you're not exactly. seeing. You see that your eyes are plastered over. Yeah. Exactly. And well. so I think, what is the solution to that if not humility and asking God to release the you know the plaster from your eyes and to see mm, these of things? Of course, uh, the solution to that goes back you know one, one step further, mm-hmm. and that's to have our eyes open. Uh, where the servant of the Lord says, I'll open the eyes of the blind and set free the captives. Right. And yeah. so mm-hmm. uh, the only way we can see is, uh, you know, is not uh, not in our turning to God, but God turning to us and doing his work of grace in our life mm-hmm. that enables us to see and enables yeah. us to hear. Yeah. And I think as we read this passage, you know, you know, it does get to modern things, but we can look at this and be like, well, this is so silly. I mean, little trinkets and little blocks of wood, but... It doesn't get so silly in verse 17 because we all have this thing that, you know, in this passage, he prays to it and says, save me. You know, yeah. we, we all have those things that we're looking to that this will save me. This will bring what I'm finally looking for. This will elevate me. When I'm, when I'm, uh-huh. This will satisfy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're not as silly. Uh, uh, often they are just <laughs> as silly as these things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we all have something that we're looking to for a savior. and mm-hmm. But then we have the Lord telling us, you know, I am the first, I am the last, apart from me, there is no God who then, you know, is like me. And um, he's the one set apart. He's the one that wow. truly saves. And No doubt. And yet we forget that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would it be like if Isaiah, you know, followed you around and looked at your life and decided to uh, do a mock- mockumentary <laughs> to you, you know, in poetry like this, you know, mm-hmm. what were the things he would say? Oh, how foolish, oh, how stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, how aimless. And, of course, that's who, who we are, you know, apart from God. And, and that's who we are apart from his awakening in our heart, which is a marvelous, uh, you know, act of grace and something we should never take for granted yeah. and something we should, you know, deeply treasure. And, and Isaiah does a wonderful job of uh, mocking the craftsman. And I love it. You know, part of it I just warmed myself with. You know. Yeah. And that's the best juice I got from that wood. Yeah. Uh, cook my bread, cook my meat. Might as well turn it into yeah. an idol. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. And David, why don't you close this with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. And Father, help our hearts to to truly know and to truly celebrate that there is only one God. There is none like you. You are the first. You are the last. There is no other rock 
Um, there's nothing secure outside of you. Um, we know there's so many things we look to, so many treasures, but we know apart from you, they're completely worthless. So help our hearts to find and to see Christ as our true treasure, as the one truly worthy of, of our energies and, and our lives and our days, and help us to live to live in light of that. Um, we know that we need you to open our eyes. We need you to open our, our minds to, to understand and, and to see. And so we graciously ask that you would do that. Help us to behold you. And we pray this all in the name of Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm.